I love to sit and look through those holy pages And read about the eternal rock of ages See all that God has done, the battles he has won The great prophecies unfold In every book from Genesis to Revelation I see his loving grace and this great salvation Brings courage to my soul, for I know he's in control. I believe every word is true. Yes, I believe every word that he said is true. I believe he'll do exactly what he said he would do. How I love his precious... It's time now for the Teaching Timeless Truths radio broadcast with Pastor Roger Walton. So get your Bible, a pen, and your Bible study notebook as we journey through the truths of God's Word. And now with today's Timeless Truth, here's Pastor Walton. Psalm 119, Psalm 119. We now come to the fifth section of the alphabet of the Hebrew, the acrostic. There are 22 uh, letters of the Hebrew alphabet. We are going through each one because Psalm 119 is divided into eight verses under the acrostic of the our, what we equivalent to our letter A, B, C, D, E. This would be E for us. This is He, H-E, for the Hebrew. It started with Aleph, and we're going to go through the Hebrew alphabet. Now, when we get to this section, the psalmist really uh, has a heart that just beats with longing and passion. And what he's longing for is revival. The first seven of the eight verses deal with what the psalmist is really kind of demanding of the Lord that he wants and and desires. And the summary of the whole thing is in verse 40. Verse 40 says, Behold, I have longed for thy precepts. Quicken me, make me alive in thy righteousness. Now, I'm going to go through, and I'm going to start with verse 33 and come down. But I want to show you, it starts off with a verb. Teach me, O Lord. So, obviously, the Lord is the subject. We have what's called the implied subject. Uh, Verse number 34, give me. Well, you give me, Lord. He's talking to the Lord. So, he is directing this to the Lord. Watch this. Verse 33, teach me. Verse 34, give me. Verse 35, make me. Verse 36, incline my heart or incline me. In verse number 37, turn away mine eyes, turn me. Verse 38, establish thy word, establish me. Verse 39, turn away my reproach, turn me. And then verse 40, quicken me. Now, in verse 33 through verse 39, all of these verbs are in what's called the stem imperative voice. In verse 40, quicken me is not in the stem; It's in a different one. And we'll deal with that when we get to it. But right now, let's talk about what that means when it says that all of these verbs in verses 33 to 39 are the stem imperative voice. Well, the stem is the causative stem, and it's in the active voice. So the person is asking the person to cause this to be, cause this to happen actively. 
not passively, but actively. So when he says, teach me, O Lord, cause me to be taught, I need it. It's in the imperative mood. That means he's actually saying a command. And what he's wanting is he's demanding immediate action from the person being addressed. And the person being addressed is the Lord. This is quite interesting. This is not a mamby-pamby prayer. He is looking right up and saying, Lord, I implore you. I am imperative. It's imperative that you teach me. I'm demanding some action here. I want to be revived. I'm demanding some action. Teach me the way of thy statutes. Okay, get hold of me and teach me. The word teach there is the word that uh, that's said has everything to do with shoot, hurl, get me into what this is. I need to be taught. I want to be taught. It has very, very distinct roots. Give it, get it at. I want it. Listen, what do you do when you have your devotions? When you open your Bible, do you pray, Lord, open my eyes to understanding, open my eyes to your word, teach me out of thy law, instruct me, give me what I need today that I could grow and be very much stronger than I was yesterday, better than I was yesterday, more rooted and grounded than I was yesterday, more established than I was yesterday, more uh, faithful than I was yesterday, with more retention of the preciousness of the Word of God. I want to know your will, and I want to understand your Word. Teach me teach me. And in Psalm 86, 11, he says, teach me thy way, O Lord. I will walk in thy truth. Unite my heart to fear thy name. He says, teach me, O Lord, the way of thy statutes, that which is graven and written down, and I shall keep it unto the end. I will put a guard around it. I will, like a watchman, I will take care that that word doesn't leave me. I will keep it unto the end. I will not turn it away. Lord, teach me. Now watch. Lord, give me understanding. I want you to teach me, and I want to get it. I want to understand it from your hand. I want to perceive and pay attention to and remind myself this teaching and absolutely do not lose it for any reason. Lord, I need it. Cause me to have a discernment and understanding and I shall keep thy law. Yea, I shall observe it with my whole heart. He goes a little further says, now teach me, 
that which is engraven in your word. I want to know your word. And I'll put a guard on it to the very end of my life. Then open my eyes. Open my heart to understanding, discernment, perception. And get this in my heart. And I will guard your laws that you gave to me. I mean those things that are your word to me. I'm telling you. I will put a guard on them. And I shall observe them I'll hedge them about they will be in my heart and it will be wholeheartedly totally completely sincerely wholehearted that's what Caleb said when he reached the end of his life he said he was wholehearted for God and he was just as strong in his 80s as he was back then give me this mountain I'm gonna I'm not losing my heart he said, give me understanding. I shall keep thy law. Yea, I shall observe it with my whole heart. Verse 35. Make me to go in the path of thy commandments, for therein do I delight. Hey, he said, I need you, Lord, to make me. I need you to direct me right into the very path of thy commandments. I need to be on the right path. Now, you remember we talked about the different synonyms for the Word of God, and the word way and the word path are very, very closely linked together. The way, the road of life, or the journey of life, you want to be on the same road that God wants you to journey on, the course and mode of life and action. The word path is that very distinct track right in front of you which is being navigated. It's that part right there, right now, in which you are navigating. And so the psalmist says, make me, come on, cause me to be right where I'm supposed to be to take the next step. Further on in this chapter, he is going to say, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. You get just enough light to navigate the next step. And he said, if you'll give me that light, which I am begging you to do, and I am imploring you to do, and I am demanding some answers here, I need this. He said, I want you to know I'll be delighted to walk in it. You make me to go in that path of thy commandments, that which you have commanded me to do, I'll take that next step, and I will delight in taking that next step. Wow. Delight in it. Not only, by the way, the Bible says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in them. When God orders your steps, and you know that's where he wants, you have pleasure in making that next step. You will be pleased to take that next step. You will be delighted to take that next step. So as he is progressing, teach me. And I'm going to put a guard on those written words. Give me understanding and all the laws of your word. I will, I will guard them with everything. I'll observe it with my whole heart. Then make me take the right steps as you commandments of your word. I take every step right based on what you commanded to do and not to do. And I'll delight to walk in it. Now, the next one is in verse number 36. Incline my heart. Incline me unto thy testimonies. Here he's asking God to get into his heart and have those testimonies, the record of God. Look at the record of God. When you look at the record in the word of God and you see I am the Lord God and above me there is none else. You've got the highest you can go. I can't get to the Supreme Court and talk to the Supreme Court justices 
unless I was involved in a case where I might see them. But I can promise you this. I can, as a Christian, have an audience with the Supreme Court of God because he's the judge, the jury, and all that is therein, and he has all the facts. Incline my heart unto thy testimonies. Give me a desire for all the things that I see about you, the evidences of the Word of God that make it say, hey, he's a true, he's true, he's true. He's faithful, he's faithful, he's faithful. Incline my heart to those evidences of you and not to covetousness, not to that, oh, I'd like to have that. I want that. How come they got that and I don't have that? Greed and, and gain and lucre and all of those horrible things. Incline my heart toward the very testimonies and not to getting things by covetousness. I want to lean in. I want to be leaning in for all the I want to read your word and get all the evidences of you. I want to feel you in my heart, all the evidences of you being there. I want to know that you and I are walking together correctly. So if I'm going to do that, verse 37, turn away mine eyes from beholding vanity. Keep me away from emptiness and meaningless. That's what vanity means. Emptiness and complete meaningless, worthlessness totally worthless, not right, deceitful. Turn away my eyes from these worthless, vain things. But here's what I want you to do, Lord. Quicken me. By the way, uh, when he says here, quicken me, he does not say that there in the stem, like he does the turn me. Here, he says, turn away mine eyes from beholding vanity and quicken me. It's in the peel stem now you say okay what does that mean well the peel stem is the stem of excitement i mean it's not just and lord you know quicken me that'd be nice if you would quicken me no the peel stem is to express intensive action lord i need you to quicken me I need quickening in the way. And again, the peel stem is in the active voice. I need you to actively, I need you to quicken me. And the word quicken has everything to do with revival. Revive, make me alive. Quicken me, bring me back to life in you. Quicken me in the way. Not just the step in front of me, but the entire path that I'm on, the way that of life that I'm living. I'm walking this way down this particular road of life as you light my path because that's the way of revival. Put me on the way of revival. I don't want to be on any other way but the way that turns to revival. Give me an eye away from covetousness and give me an eye for you. And as I am living for you and loving you and walking the way in you, make me alive. Make me alive. It's a very powerful thing. We told you the very conclusion of this is in verse 40. Behold, I have longed for thy precepts. Quicken me. That's the same thing. Peel tense. Intensive. I got to have it. Turn away. Now watch this. I need my eyes turned away from all this empty, worthless garbage that's out there. But I want you to do this, Lord. I want you to quicken me in thy way. And then it takes us to verse 38. And he says, establish thy word unto thy servant. 
Okay, I'm walking the way. I got to stay on the way. So I want you to establish your word. I want you to get your word established. In other words, that's my stand. That's where I stand on. I want you to come in and I want this to be completely and totally established as who I am. I'm not budging. I'm not turning from the left to the right. I'm not going off the deep end. I'm not going, but I need your help. I cannot do this alone. Lord Jesus, help me to live for you. If we don't do that, we're going to be in a very, very bad, bad trouble. And we need to understand that there are people that will try to rise up against us, but we are established. We're settled. We're absolutely established in the Word of God. Get me established in your word. It's the root. It's the depth. It is the very, very essence of who I am. By the way, there's a lot of things in the Bible, a lot of verses that deal with the rootedness and the depthness and the things that we do. There are a lot of architectural metaphors, and there are a lot of other metaphors as well that encourage us to be rooted and grounded and established and steadfast and unmovable and all of those great things. Now watch this. I love this. Establish thy word unto thy servant. Do it, Lord. Do it. Who is devoted to thy fear? Who is devoted to worship you? Not out of panic, but out of awe and respect. I'm devoted to thy fear. I'm devoted to who you are. Lord, I, you establish me and I you establish me because I, I'm worshiping you. You establish me because I love you. I'm devoted to you. I'm deeply in with it. I'm in. I've got this. I, I'm in. Please, Lord, get hold of me. I don't know about you, but this is something that we need to look at. Do you fear and revere and trust him with everything? I mean, here we see the psalmist really wants to be totally, completely surrendered to him and wholehearted. And he, can you see his longing for revival? Oh, I got to have this. Give it to me, Lord. Give it to me. I got to have it. I can't make it. Man, I'll tell you, there have been many times in my life I said, Lord, I put all my eggs in one basket. There's no other basket to put them in, and there's no other basket I want to put them in. You're it. And then those really, really low, bad, hard times that last kind of longer than you wish they would last, uh, and you, th you wonder what's going on, you st I'm devoted to you. And I may have ups and downs during the day. I'm devoted to you. I'm not changing. I'm not going to the left hand or to the right hand. I'm staying in the Word. I'm staying in prayer. I'm staying in church. I'm not getting out. I bet no matter how bad it gets, I'm not throwing the towel in. And I'm not going to throw it in on you, your Word, prayer, or church, or anything that you have asked to do on the way, which is the way that I want to be on establish me firm rooted and grounded and not blown by every wind of doctrine psalm 1 said blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly that's the wrong way nor standeth in the way of sinners that's the wrong way nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful and there's a progression you were walking you got caught up you ended up stopping and listening and next thing you're sitting down mocking god but in contrast, verse 2 of Psalm 1, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, the word of God that he wants to be established in. That's where his delight is. And in this law does he meditate day and night. And what's the result? 
Verse 3, he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth its fruit in its season. Its leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. Now, are you devoted to that fear? Are you devoted to him who alone can save you and keep you and feed you and lead you and love you? Now that's going to take us down to verse 39. Turn away my reproach, which I fear. The word reproach is disgrace, rebuke. It has everything with that which is an enemy would hurl at somebody to accuse them. And here he says, oh, Lord, will you please turn away my reproach? Turn away that which I fear. Turn away all the things that are out there which I absolutely dread. And uh, he's, he's very much concerned about every aspect of his life. That is the key. Very concerned about every aspect of how he's living for the Lord. And we didn't catch the end of verse uh, number 39 where he said, uh, turn away my reproach from which I fear, for thy judgments are good. What you judge is good. And if you remember, when we were talking about the synonyms for the word of God, that judgments are the legal decisions, the verdicts that come from God. What God verdicts, what God sentences, what God declares is good. God's judgments are fair, they're right, they're just, they're equitable because he has all the facts. So he says, I, I, want, I want this help because thy judgments are good. Turn away my reproach. The way of God brings reproach from the world. People will mock and they'll scorn. They'll scorn you because they scorn God. Jesus said that if the world love you, well, something's wrong. Because he said, if the world hates you, just be admonished, it hated me before it hated you. And as long as you love me, you're going to be hated by the world. But if you don't love me, you're not going to be hated by the world. If you want to read that in the context and in the right verses, it's over in John's Gospel, chapter number 15. Turn away my reproach. Society mocks. Some, our neighbors mock. Our co-workers mock. Our, we go to school. I went to school, took my Bible, said in the first book, and, and I was ridiculed and mocked, and my Bible was sent all over to school, trying to throw it away, make fun of me. I, I'm glad that they were uh, not mean enough to destroy it but they certainly came close when they put it on a conveyor belt had I not rescued it before it got into the area where they washed the dishes or threw it in a trash can God's word is real important I set my Bible on my car one time when I was a teenager and then got in the car and drove and I had driven several miles of varying speed limits and left and right turns and stop signs and stop lights before I saw it, and I very, very, very uh, carefully slowed down and pulled off the side of the road to get out and retrieve it. Man, I was glad God protected his word even from something stupid that I did that I didn't even realize what I'd done. And I'm telling you, the people can get uh, all bent out of shape, but I have found this to be true. It's not happened 
uh, all the time, but it happened quite a bit in almost 50 years of being saved. I can promise you there have been people who have made fun of me and laughed at me and taunted me and jeered at me and slapped me on the back and kicked the, my shoes out from underneath me when I was walking home from school. But something tragic would happen in my teen years, my adult years. Something would go down and they would call and say, look, I know I made fun of you, but you, you appear to be one who believes that you can get hold of God and I've got a situation. You're the only one I could think of. Will you pray for me? Isn't that a blessing? Think about that that someone would be able to do that just because you stayed true and didn't blow up, didn't lose your testimony, and stayed true to Almighty God. How about that? That is the joy of the Lord. Now, I, I don't know about you, but I have found that many, 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 many times I have found myself not so much worrying about what people think, but worrying about what I'm portraying to them. That ultimately is really where I've been at. I don't want to show them something that is not godly. And so when I have my bad days, and we all do, when, when we're really struggling, I try to keep it in my house and then work it out with God and get to where I never leave the house but what I don't have uh, the joy of the Lord and testimony because that's what people are looking at. If I'm going to speak the word, they need to see something backing it up turn away my reproach which I fear I'm concerned about that and the word fear there has everything to do with being afraid you know to be in uh, dread uh, I, I don't like it when they're out there doing that and some people could lose their lives they could walk out and talk about the Lord and lose their lives but he said listen thy judgments are good you'll take care of you'll judge and whatever they do you'll judge and then he comes to the conclusion and when he comes to the conclusion he said, Behold, I have longed for thy precepts. I have longed for them. And it's in the perfect tense. And he's saying that I have completely and totally, constantly longed. I mean, I have an incredible longing, desire. I want you, Lord. I need you. I have, I have demanded this because this is what I want. This is what I got to have. I can't go on anymore. You ever got to that place? Lord, please help me. I have a desire, a longing, a passion. I got to know your precepts. I got to. I've got to know your precepts. You remember what we said the word precepts was the synonym for the word of God? the instructions and the principles and the directions. The root word denotes that God is paying attention. Now, my friend, take the word of God and live a principled life and pay attention to how God has ordered things. Behold, look right now. It, it really expresses a strong surprise of, of either feelings, surprise, hope, or expectation. Quicken me, peel, intensive, make me alive. Quicken me in thy righteousness. I need revival. Father, may we live a life of being renewed and revived in these days that we live. And may we long for it with all of our heart to be wholehearted and to be totally immersed in you. 
In the blessed name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. This is Pastor Walton praying you have a wonderful week. Yes, I believe every word that he said is true. I believe he'll do exactly what he said he would do. How I love his precious word, it thrills me through and through. I believe every word is true. Oh, I believe every word that he said is true. I believe he'll do exactly what he said he would do. How I love his precious word, it thrills me through and through. I believe every You've been listening to the Teaching Timeless Truths radio broadcast with Pastor Roger Walton. You can send all correspondence to tttbroadcasts at gmail.com. Tune in again next week for another Timeless Truth.